0: Yes, well, we're talking inside out, but have you ever had a moment in your life where you just said, surely you have, um, where you've just said to yourself, man, I so wish I didn't do that. Like, I so wish I did not just say that or do that. And I have um, a story to tell you that when I was in school, I was in year 10 and you have home, well, at my school we had home group teachers, so like the teacher you'd go to to get your name marked off the roll. He'll tell you the announcements, it's only like a 10 minute class and then we go to class. Anyway, he got up and shared one day in chapel about this story, this thing that he went through with people really close to him. They um, actually were in a car accident and they passed away. And it was really sad and it was a real moving chapel service. It was awesome. However, the next day we're in um, home group and he was my teacher and the phone was ringing and it just kept ringing and ringing and for some reason we were all like come on sir answer it and he was just like no I'm not answering it for whatever reason and for some reason the words that came out of my mouth were like well all there going come on sir answer it like what if it's blah, blah blah and I was like yeah what if it's a car someone in a car accident and it, I just didn't even click. It just came out. And I just, that was a moment where I was like, I so wish I didn't do that. Thankfully, he did not hear me. I was a cool kid sitting in the back of the class and he didn't hear me. I wasn't actually that cool. But I was at the back of the class. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, and, but all my friends heard it and they were like, Ebony, I can't believe you just said that. And for a whole year, my friends were just like, what if it's a code? Like they would just never let me live it down. That was a clear moment for me where I was like, I so wish I didn't say that. In fact, I haven't even shared that story with people since then. So there you go. (laughs) Trust you guys. (laughs) Don't judge me. No. Well, tonight, this actually is what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about what goes on the inside of us in the realm of Shame. The shame is real. It goes on with shame because like our theme, it's something that can happen to us on the inside that will affect everything we do on the outside. And so tonight we're gonna dig in it and it comes out of those moments of regret. It comes out of those moments of situations or um, actions or words that we do out of that lead to sin or just horrible circumstances, sometimes even tragic, that lead us to have shame on the inside of us. Shame is the intensely painful feeling of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of being loved and belonging. How crazy is that? Shame isn't something of the character. It is something of our identity. And it comes from a regrettable and unfortunate situation. So you guys ready tonight to dig into this? (laughs) Well, let's turn to our Bibles, Genesis chapter three, where shame first entered into the world. Man, it came in quick. We're only at chapter three of the Bible. And here it is. It's from Adam and Eve. You know the story. Eve ate the apple, the forbidden fruit. And so we pick it up in verse six. It says, the woman, Eve, was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. She took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. He ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. There it is, shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid, I was afraid because I was naked. How crazy is this? We get the picture of what shame does to us. The first thing it says is that their eyes were opened. You know, in that moment, Eve and Adam didn't just suddenly get ugly. They didn't just suddenly in a moment um, grow warts or... I don't know, put on weight or anything. So they thought, let's like make ourselves look better by figs. It was just one moment, shame entered into their hearts and they felt ashamed of what they looked like. They felt ashamed of the body that God created them. Before that, in fact, the first... Um, chapter two, it says that they, they, um, it actually says like they were naked, but they weren't ashamed. <laughs> it like states it. <laughs> um, yeah, just in their birthday suit, you know, walking with God. Cause they were proud, like they didn't have a problem with the body God created them in. Like they didn't have a problem. And then all of a sudden shame came in and they felt the need to change it. They felt the need to hide it. They felt the need to cover themselves, to hide something that actually God created them. exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly how he wanted them to. It changed the way they were, their confidence with each other. Like even Adam and Eve, the only two humans alive. Like just like if you're married here, pretend that you and your husband, the only two humans alive. Do you really think you'd have that much to hide with them? Like it's just you and them from each other. But even Adam and Eve needed to sow fig leaves. I like wish I knew what that looked like, but. So it leaves to hide from each other the one person God put on their, put with them to trust and to do life with, so it isolated them, they lost their confidence with one another, and they hid from God. Shame causes you to run from God, to hide from him to feel like he is, you know, when we meet God, we realize how perfect and beautiful and pure he is. And shame can be a blockage from you wanting to do that journey with God. And, you know, Adam and Eve, they hid from God. And I just know, you know, my stories that have been brought up in church, pretty much since day one, been in this church since I was three, and um, loved it, <laughs> loving it, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, if you've been in church for a while, you'll see people come and go, come and go, just be so in love with God, next minute they're you know, not in love with God. And I just think shame is one of those things that pull people away from church because shame will isolate you so much that you'll come to a place like this and be like, if only people knew what was inside me, I'm not like these people and I don't fit in here. And like, they're so perfect. Like, look at them go and look at them. I could never love Jesus because I could never be that type of person. If only you knew what was on the inside of me. But that's such a lie because here we are today. We've all got shame that we deal with, like no one's perfect in church or even outside of church. And the the scary thing about shame is that it can cause you just to to be on a cycle. It's like maybe you did something wrong, something that was bad, and so you, you have shame on the inside of you, you feel bad about it, but it's easy then just to go, oh well, I've done, I'm already this bad, I may as well do this, or I may as well do this. And rather than getting better, we can be in a cycle of just doing the same thing over and over again, or worse, deteriorating. You know, I know for me, like I said, I've been brought up in church. And I think Pastor John explained this beautifully this morning. If you weren't here, definitely listen to his message. But um, growing up in church, there is a sneaky thing that the enemy will do for people growing up in church. And it's that just feeling guilty and feeling like, you know, you know know from day one, because kids' church is so awesome, good and bad, right from wrong. But then the enemy will come in and it's just the moment you slip up, it's like you should know better and shame will get in you. And I know from my journey here tonight, shame has really rocked me. It's really made me feel insecure, like I had to put on this perfect facade. It made me feel isolated that no one understood me. It made me feel distant from God. Man, that was a big one. It was like no matter what I did in church, whether I was leading a group where I did an offering message in youth or like led worship action in kids' church, no matter what I did, I always felt this, this voice on the inside saying, yeah, but people think you were good, but if only they knew what your heart was really like. If only they knew what you did this week or that week or years ago. It made me feel like I was always failing. It made me feel controlled because I could never be myself. I felt like if I let on too much, people would find out things about me and never like me, never want to be with me. And it, it does, it makes you feel that you're never worthy of the calling of God in your life. And being grown up in church, is a beautiful thing you get you get opportunities to like get prophesied over or your leaders believe in you and they tell you things, but on the inside, there's always just that shameful feeling of, no, if you do that, God won't be with you because you're not pure enough and you will fail. You're not worthy enough for that calling. Look at all the people around you, how much better they are, better Christian than you are. <laughs> And you'll never be able to do that. And tonight we're going to tackle this tonight because it is a horrible thing and it's of the enemy. Are you with me? Come on. So we're going to starve out shame tonight. I've got three quick points of how we can starve out shame, because I know last week we had Pastor Mike Connell here, and it was so powerful, and I know that maybe there's things God's speaking to you even now that's stirring, and you know, there might have been people that came up last week, and you um, got Mike Connell, one of our leaders, and you got prayer for, and there's breakthrough moments we experience, and I know, no doubtedly believe that last week was that for many people in our church, but sometimes it comes back. Sometimes it tries to sneak its way back into our lives and we can't wait for another Mike Connell opportunity. We actually can go to work ourselves to starve out shame, get it out of your life. And so, and if we don't deal with shame, if we don't deal with shame, what can happen is people can then want to evoke the same emotions in others. And that's why we've got bullies in the world (laughs) because they want to evoke shame, put shame on others so that they can feel what you're feeling and not feel the isolation that I just talked about. So we're not going to be those people and we're going to starve out shame. And so I've got three just quick points. The first one is talk to someone. Oh, I hate this one, (laughs) but it's so good to talk to people. And it's really honestly counterintuitive to shame because shame will grow and fester in dark hidden places. And like the whole reason for shame is that you're hiding something. So to actually bring it into the light is to get rid of it. You know, I know constantly with me, I've felt so free just simply talking to someone, opening up um, my life or things I'm facing with someone. And often the most healing words you can hear is, oh, me too. Or like, oh, something similar happened to me too. And everyone, this is the power of groups. This is why groups are so important in your life, because you need to find people you trust. And I had, I've had, i had many moments in my life where I'm like, I can count my friends, but only these people here I feel that I can trust to actually blurt out my deepest, darkest, shameful moments. And so you need to find those people and groups is where you find that. You'll find a leader who loves you and is praying for you daily, but you'll also find just doing life together. You'll have little moments where you can share with one another and hear the words, me too. Let's pray together. Let's do this together. I have a confession to make tonight. I will demonstrate sharing and telling you something that has been in the dark. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) now seriously front row. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) no. (laughs) Okay, so basically... (laughs) we have an iPod that we use here at church to play music. I know. Um, We have an iPod that we use here at church to play music in the foyer. We use it at youth to play like, you know, party music. We use it before and after service, but we even use it during the week with our staff meetings and things like that. Anyway, it went missing and everyone was like, was it youth? Was it the Sunday night all in team? And I was like, no, no, no. Like we always put it back on charge. Like we are due like we're diligent. And then for some reason I was like, actually I've got a memory of like locking up the church and someone still had it. And they put it in their pocket and said they'd put it back the next day. And so I was like, maybe ask Piada. I think it was her. And so I even put Piada under the bus. Anyway, last Sunday, it, last Sunday, I like was getting ready for church. I put my jeans on. No joke. It was in my pocket. It was my pocket that had it on. The worst part is, <laughs> the worst part is, is I, um, we were setting up, the all-in team was setting up, and I just kind of just put it back, and just the hustle of Sunday nights didn't tell anyone that it was me. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sorry, Pastor Josh, campus pastor, for the, that week of missing <laughs> the iPad, but man, I feel free that that is not hanging over my head anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh. Uh, See, that wasn't too hard, was it? And that was public. (laughs) That was in front of many of you. So you can do that. In fact, I would encourage tonight, even tonight, if God's stirring something in you tonight, you go and tell someone, you don't delay. You do it tonight. Just say, hey, I've got to bring this to the light. I've got to do this now. I don't want to go into this week carrying the shame. Let this thing over my head go and do it tonight. My next point is have a crouch moment which I will explain. So Psalms 51 verse 17, and this Psalm is wonderful because <laughs> King David wrote it when he was feeling shame, big time. He had done a horrible thing. He had slept with a woman who was married to another man. She fell pregnant. So to try and cover his shame, hide it up, he sent that man, the husband, to go and he died in war, which was David's, King David's doing. So he wrote the Psalm asking God to forgive him. And in, in verse 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you do not despise. This is David saying sorry, just repenting and going to God. And the word contrite means a feeling of deep remorse and wanting atonement to say sorry, to break. It's the posture to lower yourself down, to shrink and to make yourself lower. This is where we feel the unbelievable need for God. It's literally, the word contrite literally means to crouch down, to get low, to shrink yourself down. And you know, there's this beautiful story, one of my faves in um, John 8. (laughs) And it's the story where um, a woman was caught in the act of adultery and she was dragged in front of a crowd in front of Jesus. Jesus was preaching. Just imagine it, like a woman dragged out in front of a crowd. And there was all these people accusing her, saying um, she deserves to be stoned. Like, look what she's done. It's horrible. It's disgusting. And then there's, they say that Jesus stooped down low as they were accusing her. And eventually he got up and said, "Um, those who without sin throw the first stone and they all left one by one. And as they were leaving, Jesus still stooped down low. You know, I found that these moments of my crouch moments when I realize that God, I so missed the mark or I'm sorry, I take responsibility for my actions and I have a crouch moment of asking God to forgive me and just realizing that God, I can't do this without you. I need you. I found that this is actually where I've met Jesus the strongest is these moments that often we can think oh, the accusations are coming from God because I'm, I'm wrong and God's right. and Maybe he's the one pointing the finger. Maybe he's the one above the accusations leading them no, God is down here. He is stooped low. And I can't tell you the, the times I've had, and they're pretty ugly. They're weeping moments, but I have to be raw. But I've felt the love of God the strongest in these moments, where I've owned my, owned my actions, said them out loud, waited on God, and felt His presence come. And this is where Jesus is in these crouch moments. And the wonderful thing is, is that God doesn't leave us down there for long. In fact, in your Christian book, you shouldn't be in a crouch moment more than maybe 10% of it, I reckon, because he doesn't want you to stay there, constantly repenting, constantly saying sorry for every single thing you've done wrong. In fact, he calls us righteous, which leads us to the next point. And sometimes this point that I'm about to say is the hardest, it's actually to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. You know, I felt that um, growing up in church, like I was saying, there was a stage where I was worship bleeding and I was still quite young I as a teenager and every time I'd get up, Um, to get ready to worship lead, I'd have a crouch moment because I was like, God, I'm not holy enough or anointed enough to do this. And I was like, here's all the things I've done wrong. Remember that time? Like, God, is that removed from me? And I remember God said so clearly to me one day, why do you keep digging up things that have already been buried? It's like, yeah. It's like God, He forgets about it the moment we've had a crouch moment. He doesn't say to you He doesn't talk to you about your crouch moment. He just says He loves you, He forgives you, and then you get up. It's not like He needs to keep a track record and often i just felt that that was for someone here tonight you need to stop bringing it to god's attention he's forgotten it it's over it's gone i even feel that there's someone here and there's things that you keep bringing up that are so many years ago before you even met jesus and he's like just stop bringing them up it's it's gone in fact i forget about it but then you just bring it back to my attention like stop it <laughs> he doesn't want to see it but that comes with forgiving yourself Know that God has forgiven you, but now you just need to let it go. You need to forgive yourself. You need to, have the, you need to have that moment of just saying, you know what, I did it wrong. I made a mistake, but I forgive myself. Cut yourself some slack so that you can move on. Part of this for me has been learning, like relearning what God says about me. And again, Pastor John, just his message this morning was so good on this, It's just retraining the way you think about yourself His message was, get a new selfie image, new selfie. It was so good. So one of your actions is to listen to that. But this is what, and he shared like scriptures that he has said over and over. And this is one of mine. It's Colossians 1.21. It says, "'You are holy and blameless as you stand before God "'without a single fault.'" And for me, just going through shame, I had to remind myself that I'm holy and blameless as I stand before God without a single fault. So then it was like I'm leading worship, and I'm I'm going to lead worship because I'm holy, I'm blameless, and I'm out without a single fault. I'm leading a group, and it's out of my heart that I'm holy and blameless and without a single fault. I had to keep reminding myself of that. I'm going to ask the band to come up now cuz like i said i've walked a th- few through few stages of my life with shame and there was this one particular moment where i was like out of school and you know there was this boy before dan came along and um <laughs> and you know it wasn't pretty and out of that i felt a lot of shame basically i felt like he rejected me <laughs> Um, but it brought so much shame on myself because I just felt like, why did I let this happen? Like, how could I? Like, I so missed the marks. I so missed the warning signs. And I was like, I just felt like, you're such an idiot. (laughs) Why did you let this happen? Why did you let this person get so close? And then just every little thing, I just thought, you know, it's your own fault. You deserved this pain. You deserved the shame. And You know what happened is soon after that Dan rocked up (laughs) and I'm glad that I've got the microphone because... Feel like sometimes, like Dan has shared a few times our sort of dating journey, and every time he shares it, it gets a little more dramatic on his point. (laughs) I'll tell you the real story. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I'm joking. Um, But yeah, Dan rocked up, and we were already friends like through this whole time, and um, he. But then, um, after being friends for a while, he kind of would like, would hang out, but every now and then he'd kind of be like, hey, let's alone go get coffee or like walk along the beach or I don't know. And um, he would like express his feelings for me. And you know what is um, his side of the story is that happened like 10 times over like 10 years of me pursuing Ebony and she broke my heart every time. But my side of the story is... <laughs> (laughs) that it was only three times, (laughs) no, 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 but see what was happening to me each time he would come and say like, I like you, you know, I think we should be together, or like God told me we should get married, (laughs) which don't do that, don't do that, Uh, no, he didn't say that, his words were, no, okay, I won't say (laughs) okay, I just won't go there, Um okay no I have got to tell them cuz they're going to think his his words were um I uh what were they they were god has shown me that you're the type of woman I would marry so it wasn't exactly it's a bit of a different yeah anyway anyway every time he oh, not every time but when he did that um it was shame that actually stopped me from even having feelings for Dan because I had no hope for the future I honestly couldn't even see myself going into another relationship. I like felt so ashamed of myself and the decisions I had made that I had dreams as like most young people do of one day marrying this perfect man, like we'd be pastors together and blah, blah, blah. But at that stage, The shame got to me so bad that I was like, that's been written off. Like I've made too many mistakes that I don't deserve what I once dreamt of. Like the shame is so real that I just think... Like, I'll be satisfied if I live alone for the rest of my life because I don't think I deserve to put another person through what I went through or go through another breakup. I had no hope for the future. So the feelings just weren't there. And, you know, over time, I learned to actually, I knew that God had forgiven me. I had told someone it was the forgiving myself part that I really struggled with. And just saying, like, Ebony... Like, yes, you knew better, but just let it go. Forgive myself. It's okay. And you know, for me, what was really healing for me, and I'm only sharing this because maybe this will be healing for you too, is I actually went on Pinterest and I opened up a new wedding dream board and I actually started collecting pictures of like what I'd like my dream wedding to be. And at start, I made it private because I was so embarrassed and I felt so awkward and I felt so, I don't know, cliche or whatever. Um, but bit by bit, week by week, I actually started to dream again and get excited again and realize there was hope for the future. And eventually I said to Dan, actually, you've always been my dream boy. I like you. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> but I just wonder, you know, shame stops us from seeing the goodness of God around us. Dan was always there the whole time. In fact, he was there being like, hello, <laughs> knocking on my heart, I guess. <laughs> but shame would stop me from even seeing that, even that possible future. And you know, tonight, I want you to actually have a moment to receive from God what he's talking to you. I'm going to get you to stand. Stand right now. And I want you just to close your eyes and open out your hands. And you know, I know that as I've been speaking, God has been bringing things to your attention, that you've been carrying shame in your heart. Again, it could have been something you did when you were young, so young. It was years ago. It could be something you're going through right now even. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's just a mistake you made. Maybe it's something you actually didn't do when you should have. I want God to speak to you right now. And I want you to think, what are your steps that you need to take? I'm gonna give us in a moment to have a crouch moment of where we just repent and we just leave it to God. In fact, we're gonna do this so that when you leave this place, you don't even have to go home and have a crouch moment. Just do it here tonight. Like just bring it to God. And I'm not gonna get you to literally bend down. I mean, you can if you want to, but in your heart, just recognize God. God. I stuffed up. I'm sorry. Ultimately, it isn't people that we can um, offend or anything. It's actually when we live our lives away from God, when we do things that are not of God, that we sin against Him. Or maybe tonight you need to tell someone, I actually feel that there might be a couple here and that you actually need to go and speak to leaders you trust because there's something that's hidden in your relationship that you're ashamed of. And you're ashamed to tell people, I know Dan and I had to do this. We made a decision to make our relationship transparent. And both of us had a mentor each that we they would ask all the awkward, embarrassing questions. You know, how far have you gone? Blah, blah, blah. What are your boundaries? And it was painful. But I'm so glad we did because honestly, if shame got into our relationship, I would now look at Dan and put the shame on him and Honestly, I think I'd begin to dislike Dan and be angry at him for what would happen. And I'm, it's a miracle that, you know, we did that so that we can live such an awesome marriage that we're in now. And tonight, you know, maybe you're a couple and there's things you've gone over your convictions. You need to tell someone, make your relationship transparent. I also feel that that was for someone here tonight. You need to dream again. You've let shame ride off some of the dreams you once had. Maybe it's the call of God on your life. You have just thought, there's no way I can do that. If only people knew my backstory. Tonight, I want you just to have a crouch moment. Give it to God. One more thing is that at the end of every service, we always open up this front area. And tonight, if something was stirring in your heart, I encourage you, like I said, let's just deal with it tonight. Don't go home and say, I'll do that privately on my own. Just do it tonight. like just do it. And so I would encourage you, come up the front, get someone to pray with you or have your own private crouch moment. Just say to the person, I just need a minute with God. I'm going to bring some things to them tonight. Or go and tell someone you trust. If they're here tonight, if God told you, who should I talk to? Go and see them tonight. And then when you go home, learn to forgive yourself. Find scriptures of who you really are, Is that cool? Cool. But I love you guys. I'm going to hand it to Pastor John.